Blog Talk Radio. And this prescription addresses 
the unique and special healing of black men, but it also speaks to the health of all men throughout the world. And that's quoted uh, by Dr. Naeem Akbar. So I, I'm not going to start at the beginning of the book. I, I just want to, you know, peruse, well, actually not peruse, but review sections of the book that really struck home with me and made me um, really contemplate uh, the, the words that she shared. And, uh, and I hope that it touches you and gives you inspiration and motivation and clarity as much as it is assisted me in that area. So I'm going to take a short break, and I'll be right with you in a moment. that you face today is to learn 
to move beyond the anger, beyond the fear and hate and the social rejection to express the inborn greatness that we all have as people of African descent. The memory of greatness lies dormant in your spirit, and it's just waiting to be called forward and activated. The attempt to follow the, the mandates of a culture which is foreign to your inherent nature and cellular memory can result in low self-esteem and self-sabotage. I repeat that. It's, Ayanla states that the attempt to follow the mandates of a culture that is foreign to our inherent nature and the cellular memory can result in low self-esteem and self-sabotage. And we see that in our communities. I know God knows I've seen it in my community where we tend to be inclined to self-medicate because of the pain that we're going through, because of the anger, because of the dysfunctional uh, families that we come from, uh, dysfunctional relationships that we have uh, with our uh, siblings, with our parents, with our loved ones, with our children, and indeed with our partners, with our husband or with our, in this case, as men, with our wives. So this is inherent within our uh, instincts, instinctual nature, as it were. The memory of greatness lies dormant in our spirit, and it's just waiting to be called forward and activated. And the attempt to follow the mandates of the culture that is foreign it does not do that. So until you are aware of these unconscious influences and how they affect you, however, you have very little power to change. So we have to be aware of it first before we can change. So ancestor worship is one of the many practices of African culture that can assist you in bringing your spiritual energy into balance. And she goes on to state that your greatest grandparents, 10 to 15 generations removed, going back 10 to 15 generations, are alive today in the corpuscles of your blood and the marrow of your bones. They are alive within us, within our blood, within our bones. They are the reason that you are who you are. And to worship your ancestors is the language, and in the language of the African culture, is actually to honor their memory. It is a process of veneration, lifting up the energy of those who lived before you and are alive by virtue of your life. And it is your duty as a living descendant of Africans in the motherland of Africa to give praise and thanksgiving to those whose lives you continue. So in order to sustain your own life, you must purify and elevate the spiritual energy that is dormant within you. And when you honor your ancestors, you are acknowledging a part of yourself with which you no longer have conscious or physical contact. It is the recognition of the intangible, the spiritual force within your being that contributes to your ability to live fully. Without the energy of the ancestors, you would have no connection to the beginning, no story to tell, no heritage of which to boast, and you are today the energy of who your ancestors were. They are today who you are becoming. So, indeed, in my home, my wife and I, we have altars. We have a temple, actually. One of our rooms is a temple. And I have an ancestral uh, place for my ancestors, and uh, the one who is head of that ancestral area is my mother. I give praise to her every morning and before I go to bed every evening and even during the course of the day and to my uncles and aunts and, 
And all of those in my family who have passed on to become ancestors, I give them honor, I give them praise, I give them homage. And um, it has really, as I get older, at 69 years of age, it has kept me uh, grounded in understanding that indeed each day is a gift, that I take no day for granted because I know tomorrow is not promised. And I know that tonight I could become an ancestor. So I give thanks to the Most High for giving me the breath, uh, the the health, to be able to live another minute, another hour, another day, week, to say nothing of another year, to celebrate a birthday. So I think if we was to be mindful of that as men of African descent, that we would uh, be able to live holistically and in tune and in harmony with the intent that our ancestors had going back some 10 to 15 generations before, because they were living a way which was righteous, which was in, in congruence with the way that the Most High, the way the universe, the way that God, no matter who you call or what name you give this God that you embrace and worship, that we have to live in accordance to those rules and regulations. And then if you follow those rules and regulations, you will be able to be happy to be in tune, to be in, in, in harmony with your, uh, your family members, within, uh, with your, uh, your significant mate, your true wife, and, 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 and be able to fulfill your life's purpose. And that's why we are born, and, and that's why we come to this incarnation uh, again and again, is to complete what was not finished in previous life forms, in previous incarnations to fulfill the purpose that we're here today. So uh, she she goes on to state that something I think you find this to be very interesting. It says the ancestral memory, while it is called something very different today, every society honors its ancestors in almost every aspect of life. Societies build monuments to the ancestors. They name buildings and streets and schools after them, picturing deceased leaders, on currency, such as the dollar bill, you know, and coins. You have the Lincoln, on, President Lincoln on the, on the, on the, uh, the, the penny. Um, you have Washington and the Hamilton, these presidents on various uh, denominations of, 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 of paper money. And the, so the currency is a form of ancestor worship, she states. The most recent president of the United States, uh, uh, who was actually recorded honoring ancestors, uh, was Bill Clinton. He performed a major ancestral ritual on national television before his inauguration. She states also that the majority of those who watched had absolutely no idea what he was doing. Those of us who recognize the ritual when we see it, uh, we, you know, we understood that it was a ritual. But President Clinton, he retraced the path of Thomas Jefferson when he took office, uh, when he actually from his home, and he went, walked down the streets to the White House. Along the way, he walked across the Potomac River, and uh, the sweet water and energy uh, of purification in this and now circle of uh, a family, uh, spiritual family, we call this sweet water Florida water. And there's an, an energy of purification that is contained in this water. He stopped at the grave sites of several other presidents where he lit a candle and knelt down to pray. And this exercise is not solely a political or patriotic gesture. 
It was a spiritual ritual. He was calling on the forces of nature, that being fire, water, and the transmission of the spoken word. And the energy, the memory of those men who paved the way for him, he, his communal ancestors. So when the president-elect did it, it was considered nice, appropriately patriotic. But when black people light candles and call the names of their ancestors, it is called evil or voodoo worship. And unfortunately, many of us believe this. So in your most recent cellular memory is the history of African men being looked up to, bowed down to, revered, honored, and respected because they were men. They were the leaders, the decision makers. And that was their role. It was not, however, without balance. The ancient African men, in return for his position in the community, honored the role of woman because they provided the much-needed spiritual and emotional balance. I repeat that. The ancient African men, in return for his position in the community, honored the role of woman because they provided the much-needed spiritual and emotional balance. Back then, men understood that the reverence that they received was not about them because men were held in high regard because of the function they served and the roles they played, which benefited the entire community. The bowing was not to them or for them as an individual, but rather to the positions that they held. And that memory is alive today in the spirit of black men. It's just dormant. There is a need and a desire at once again to enjoy a position of reverence and honor. Today, however, there is little understanding and balance in the pursuit of that position. And I may add, though, with the advent of uh, a man of African descent being the president, the current president of the United States, that being our brother, President Barack Hussein Obama, who uh, I played uh, the African djembe drum at his inauguration of two of 19, I'm sorry, of 2008 um, at the uh, Washington Monument, which is an obelisk, uh, it's a more appropriate name, which comes, which was uh, taken from Egypt, the design of the obelisk. And any village, any country that had this design of the obelisk, uh, that was a symbol of strength. Actually, it had a, uh, a, a, a penal, uh, 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 should I say, uh, uh, orientations, significance in terms of uh, rejuvenation and maintenance of the family and of the country. So uh, I played the drum, and uh, you can see actually at my website, go to drumsofchange.com. That's drumsofchange.com, and on the first page, you scroll down to the middle, and you see a YouTube video in which I, along with other activists from uh, New Jersey, uh, this had to go to the inauguration to honor not just President Obama's inauguration, but to honor the ancestors, because it was on his those their shoulders that he was able to become president. It was on their shoulders in which I was able to actually um, have the initiative to take a drum to celebrate and venerate uh, their history, their honor, and their history in terms of the fact that Washington the White House and all the surrounding areas was built by slaves. And, of course, I did the same thing here in New York City in the Wall Street area 
at the uh, African burial ground. I played for the uh, reinterment of the slaves that were found there doing a, a construction um, um, venture, and, and they had to send these uh, remains to Howard University to be exhumed uh, and, and, and identified. So we have now, even in East New York, I just found out that uh, Assemblyman Charles Barron is calling on uh, the government of New York City to honor a section of East New York, which uh, is covered with buildings, but to have those buildings removed and, and the grounds uh, uh, dug and to remove the remains that were trampled upon of African ancestors, brothers and sisters who were the founders of many uh, communities uh, throughout the country of the United States and specifically here in New York City, that they be honored and have a proper burial site that can be revered. So those are things that have to be done so that our children, uh, you know, I have many uh, elders approach me um, who say, oh, we've lost a generation. And I say, no, we haven't lost a generation. Uh, we've lost our minds, maybe, uh, those of us who subscribe to that. But those of us who are healthy and, and optimistic and, and see the light and then not just dwell into the darkness, can see that, yes, indeed, each one, reach one, teach one. So as we uh, adopt that attitude, those of us who have children, that we have health relationships with, those of us who have grandchildren, those who have any children in our midst, as well as young adults, it behooves us to uh, share with them whatever knowledge that we have that can have them become more in tune with the significance of honoring our ancestors. And as we honor them, we know that we honor ourselves. So the black men, going back to what Ayan Lush shares with us about uh, the spirit of black men, black men have a robust assertiveness that today is often mistaken for arrogance. And we have that within certain communities, such as the hip-hop community, uh, the sagging of pants, and uh, other things, uh, the N-word, the B-word, what have you, and just a, a rampant, uh, unmitigated un, um, um, free will of this disrespecting each other, respecting most of all the elders, and most of all actually respecting, disrespecting our women. So black men have this, uh, this arrogance, and it plays out when you are demanding or uh, commanding that your needs be met and your desires fulfilled. Ayanla states that she can remember how her mother challenged her father about demanding that she drop whatever she was doing and focus her attention on him. And she often asked him why she should, and he, and, and he asked that, why she, you know, she should. And his response was because, I, I said so. And that prompted her to respond, well, who the H are you? It can be abrupt and disconcerting to deal with the black man who does not have a philosophical or spiritual understanding of his assertive propensity. And black women who must live with but also do not understand the role ancestral memories play in our lives label our men arrogant, demanding, and macho. We do not remember being spoken to with disrespect. The demands of man are no longer centered on the we of our common survival. More likely, they stem from the man's fear, anger, and aggression, which he believes he has the right to impose. 
So the ancestral royalty who ruled the village, who ruled the kingdom and nation, imparted certain rights to black men, the right to be respected, to be heard, to be obeyed without question or challenge was a function of culture and communal tradition. However, today, without the benefit of a supportive cultural context or the temperance gained through ritual, ceremony, and training, the ancient spiritual directives that once gave black men the right to rule are polluted by selfish motivations to dominate and pursue individual gain. The once royal attitude of being in charge, which was tempered and spiritually grounded, comes across today as egocentric aggression. So forceful, powerful hunters and warriors move strategically using skill rather than brute force to gather food for the village and to protect ritual, uh, actually tribal boundaries. And um, the Zulu of South Africa, the Shante and the Dogon of West Africa were warriors, and they were trained in the arts of hunting and war. And under normal conditions, healers did not engage in war, and priests did not hunt until they had been specifically trained to perform those functions. So we have this instinct in our men who uh, the war that they actually fight is amongst themselves with gangs and so forth. Uh, we have this, that, uh, this phenomenon, of, um, which is the part of what the so-called Willie Lynch theory is about, that if you, ch- if you chain the minds of, of, of the people that you're enslaving, you know, that you don't have to actually chain their hands and their feet, and you don't have to, they will kill each other. They would do each other harm. And we have that dilemma because of lack of knowledge, the lack of understanding the importance of uh, our African history, the importance of recognizing our ancestors. So I'm an optimist, and I'm not going to claim that we have lost a generation. I think that shows like this, if I can humbly state that uh, shows and books like the book that I'm reviewing, uh, The Spirit of Man by uh, Sister Lazant, are the remedy towards reversing the trends that have been established for the last uh, few decades. And that is going to change. And also, I'm mindful of the fact fact that we have a man of African descent as President of the United States is the beginning of the indication of that change. We have a, a chocolate skin, a brown skin woman who is called the First Lady of the richest and the most powerful country of the world. So, you know, one has to be very uh, uh, blind, if you will, no pun intended, not to see the significance of that, the significance of that representing change. So the uh, last thing I'd like to touch upon, what Yana alludes to, is that the traditional man knew that their role was to serve and maintain a traditional community. The Ashante warriors, for example, never killed an animal unless the day had been divined by the priest as a good one for hunting. The animal would then be used for food and clothing, and no honorable warrior ever killed another man unless it was to protect or save his family. Today, descendants of these mighty and proud men move brutally through concrete and asphalt, destroying life and limb to claim the victory of controlling a corner or a turf, much to the dismay of those who live in the communities among them. 
without proper understanding and training, ancestral energies that surge forward in the consciousness of black man stimulate behaviors that are inappropriate and out of context for the world in which you live today. The Yoruba culture, like most traditional African cultures, provides manhood training in the form of rituals, rites of patches, a passage are performed to make significant milestones in life. At birth, the naming ceremony includes divination so that the community can identify energy the child embodies and what the child's role will be in life. So I'm going to continue this on the next show. And um, actually, I'm doing another show tomorrow um, uh, evening. And uh, that time will be about the same time at 6.30. So stay tuned for tomorrow for me to continue uh, this this uh, fantastic book uh, titled by Passant, the Spirit of a Man. Again, I thank you all for tuning in this evening, for calling in and, and, and linking into the chat room. I send blessings of, of love and, and thanks with thankfulness to you. And I just ask that indeed we remain in prayer and positive affirmation that we will uh, succeed, that we will be victors in the upliftment of our community, the upliftment of each other, and indeed of ourselves. So God bless. Namaste. Assalamu alaikum. Shalom. All my relations, I send peace and blessings to you all. Good night.